From then on, I was like, right, if I've learned anything today, right, it is stay in your lane and do not get into a race with these guys, you know, because your strengths will come through in the end. It's all about pacing, knowing yourself. Stuff I talk about a lot with Mike. <laughs> Stuff that with the exact tactic we talked through pre-WOD, I'm the one thinking, the guys are gonna cream in, be disciplined, and I, I did everything I wasn't supposed to do. And I learned a lesson. And it was a great learning lesson. What's up guys, it's Tom from Chalking Fitness. Really hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you're not already following Chalking Fitness on Instagram, please do. Uh, it's at Chalking Fitness, where there's not only promotion for the podcast episodes, but also news and reviews that are of real interest to the UK-centric CrossFit and functional fitness community. Hope you enjoy this episode. If you want to support the channel further, then do check out the link in the show notes. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Chalking Fitness Podcast. I'm really delighted this week. I'm always delighted to have a guest on, but I'm especially delighted this week because I've been on the road down the A34 to CrossFit Blockhouse, and I am sitting down with Spencer Whiteley. Spencer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. A real pleasure to do it with you. Uh, I've been really looking forward to kind of having a chat with you. You know, there are a number of times kind of, you know, I've spoken with like Leanne Thomas, we with Rob Walker, and they were like, you're going to speak to Spencer, aren't you? And I was like, oh, definitely. It's only, it's only 45 minutes or over an hour with traffic, as it turned out today, but... Uh, you know, you're only down the road, and the dream always was to try and do conversations in person, so it's, it's great to be here. It's great to be a convenience as well, <laughs> so I'm happy with that. Yeah. The, the other thing, and, and I'm, you know, I must say, I've, I've kind of, the fact I've lost count now is I'm speaking to another CrossFit Games athlete, which is, uh, you know, so congratulations on, on that achievement. Thank you very much, and what a great thing that you've lost count of how many British games athletes you spoke to. Yeah, yeah, driving here, and I was like, yeah, I've spoken to CrossFit Games athletes, and they are, yeah, they're all from the UK, and it's 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 amazing, and I think it's better, and we'll no doubt get into this, but to, to be able to follow throughout the season, and, you know, I'm going to be biased because I follow quite closely this season, but um, to see so many, especially with all the kind of like, you know, the, the kind of challenges of COVID and stuff like that, to see so many kind of... UK representatives over in Madison was was awesome. Yeah, and it was um, it was so great uh, being there, and you know, amongst that, and and seeing, um, when, especially it would come to light really when we were doing like the international sort of parade, as it were, mm. on albeit on day, <coughs> excuse me, albeit on like day two, um, it was wonderful just to see like just how many British people you know were there. Mm. Um, obviously the Americans just steal the show with their 300 plus but <laughs> it's just amazing there was a decent sized group of us it was cool yeah and that must have created both support camaraderie kind of that, that feeling uh, uh, increasing the feeling of pride as well like, you know representing the kind of community back here as well absolutely uh, yeah it really does and the um, the amount of sort of messages you get and kind like well wishing and stuff like that that comes through you know everybody's got so many social media channels now sort of going on but God, it's overwhelming, really. And you almost, at times, can feel a little bit guilty. Um, I'm sure people got a lot more than me, but you can't always, you know, con like, comment back to everyone's mm -hmm. sort of, uh, um, you know, well wishes and stuff, and sometimes you almost feel guilty. But it, can be, it is almost overwhelming. You think, oh, I've got to concentrate on trying to do the best at the games, but I don't want to cr come across as a bit bloody arrogant or something, so you're trying your best <laughs> to sort of reply to people. But the, well, the, the amount of well wishes and stuff mm -hmm. is just brilliant it all adds to it it makes a massive difference awesome oh, and, I'm, and I'm really 
glad to hear that's that, that's well received and like I say hopefully not too much of a, an extra agenda item to add to everything that you're trying to stay hydrated and kind of fed and kind of recovered and keep on top of your dms <laughs> yeah i mean that's the kind of thing to try and administer obviously at the end of the day when you've finally had your ice bath your last bit of food or whatever maybe getting stuck into you know some messages and stuff but oh, it's so good it just mm. it's overwhelming it's humbling really humbling it's almost overwhelming in a in a lovely way like. mm. Uh, well, we'll definitely dig into uh, the, your experience over in Madison. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's plenty we can talk about. Before that, I always have my warm-up questions, and I, I always like to kind of, you know, get get to know the the person behind the kind of like the, the story, really. So, I'm going to start with, um, you know, what I always do, which is like, if you were able to design your own birthday workout, what are the three movements you'd choose? Oh wow! Okay, cool. So there would be. Um... There would be a bar muscle up. Yeah. There would be squat snatches. And there would be I'm gonna say double unders. Nice. Oh there's a there's a there's a lot in the so shoulders. Weightlifting, <laughs> gymnastics and conditioning with a being a shoulder dominant workout. That's right on my street. Yeah, absolutely. Are you someone then when, because knowing you, you know, you've got CrossFit Blockhouse, you coach here, do you often specify that it should be a squat snatch then to try and get kind of those you're coaching, your members to kind of like develop that as a skill? Um, No, we we actually would focus more on that in our barbell like club, which is like once a week. And and in actual fact, the, the truth is I... This, just after this last lockdown, um, so we've run the gym for six years now. It's the first time we actually handed the programming over, so we've taken programming on. Um, so I've programmed for six years, mm. loved it, but maybe we'll get into some detail later. But I just, just, just too busy, too mm. much going on. So um, handed over the programming, but it's in super, super safe hands. So you got the the man, the legend, um, Rob Lawson. Ah, um, nice. What a, you know, a real safe pair of hands there, a trusted yeah, yeah. pair of hands. So he, um, we, we, we were on um, pull the pin um, programming, box programming, which um, is absolutely great, and, and we're enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and we'll definitely have to get into that. You know, recognizing the yeah. the efforts it takes to get to Madison, regardless of the division you're in, it's yeah. about how you uh, how you juggle all the kind of demands on your time. So we'll we'll definitely get into yeah. that. So you're talking around uh, having double unders in there. Is that something that you've kind of had in your wheelhouse for a long time is it something you've worked hard at and are now like you know what i feel i can get 100 unbroken and it's and thus i want to enjoy it on my birthday yeah totally so it's a um double unders is is um something that i work so hard to get and i I take pride in being quite good at them now so um we get a lot of you know members here that you know can't do double it's easy always get those people that come in and session two or three that kind of click so that, that was not me so I think double unders took me about three months, but I'm not talking about like just when they come up in a wad or something, mm. I'd try double unders. I'd try and do them every day to the point where I, I gave myself tension headaches and had to go to A&E <laughs> 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 because I was just like relentless. And um, yeah, I got all tight and stiff in my upper back and neck and ended up giving myself tension headaches. So yeah, I went to A&E, thought I was having a brain hemorrhage or something. It turns out I was just being a bit of a muppet. But so I didn't, they didn't come easy to me, but now there's something I, 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 I would consider to be quite good at through persistence. So, you know, I've, I've managed through and done unbroken before. 
Um, one of my better workouts at the CrossFit Games this year involved like double unders on on grass, which I I found no problem. So yeah, I like I like double unders. Yeah, no, uh, three hundred unbroken. You gotta like them. That's yeah. for sure. And I I, I did this um, I did this on a previous podcast. That I, I do my warm ups and then I jump into details. But one thing I've got to ask: you said squat snatches. How was snatching on the Coliseum floor in Mad- Madison? Um, uh, uh, absolutely awesome. Uh, underperformed in that workout on a personal <laughs> level. Yeah, I say that I might be being a bit hard on myself, but um, but it was it's fantastic, absolutely brilliant. Uh, I was a little bit underwhelmed with my performance, but mm. the, let's be the experience was in retro in yeah. hindsight was absolutely wicked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and we can, like I said, I, yeah. we'll, we'll get into that, um, you know, in, in more detail and, and across the, the kind of the competition. So, um, the second warm-up question I always have is, um, what's the uh, what's the music you like to train to? I know we've got a, a '90s uh, kind of uh, soundtrack on in the background here at Blockhouse, but is, would that be your choice for training as well? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my music taste is super varied, but um, I don't know. So on a Friday, I like a bit of country and western. Um, I know it's a bit random. Oh, it's, but, um, it's very. I think it's more common than we realise in, yeah. the, in the CrossFit scene ac- I think across the be. world. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I like. I've got a massive, uh, massively broad taste in music. Uh, I love. Some days I just you just can't be a bit of Oasis blasting out. But I generally I side towards either hip hop and pretty old school hip hop, and or uh, sort of heavy metal. I love Foo Fighters. I love Metallica, Guns N' Roses, all the classic stuff. So even even like the modern stuff like Disturbed and everything. So. Yeah, it depends what I'm trying to get up for, but hip hop yeah. or rock, really. Nice, nice, oh, good yeah. stuff. Um, so, a few people have mentioned to me like country and western, and then it's like, oh, is that that's quite a CrossFit thing, and I think it must come from um, kind of like you know, the American influence. I think you know, especially like someone like Rich Froning, right? He's uh, he's known for enjoying his country music yeah. and stuff in 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 uh, CrossFit. So for you, I, I've done some homework first open in 2013 but when did you get into into crossfit um was that was that around that time yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. so about i think it was like the i think it would have been the, the first open that came around so if it was 2013 um which it obviously was because that was when my first score was on i would have started crossfit i'd have been doing crossfit about 10 months mm. um and I, yeah, I started CrossFit, you know, at a very, very, obviously, like everyone, at a super, ultra, mega, basic level. So, yep, it would have been about 10 months previous to that first yeah. Open. Yeah. And, and was that something that you kind of found, were you still in the military at that time, or was it, you got into it just kind of by chance? No, I'd, I'd been out, I got out of the military in 2010, and I, I would have started CrossFit in 2012. Yeah. Ah, nice. So about two years after. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've always kept fit, so I'd have been... Going to the local gym and stuff like that, yeah. but just not doing CrossFit, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. What uh, what order did you come across? So a lot of people I've spoken to are like, oh, I found like kind of Netflix documentaries or YouTube videos, and then was like, oh, I should try this. For me, it was the other way around. In that I was going to a circuits class and so I said, oh, you should try this CrossFit. I was living in Bath at the time, so you Google CrossFit, and it just so happens one of the original kind of uh, uh, affiliates is, awesome, uh, is awesome there. Affiliate. It was an amazing Still place to kind of strong, yeah. yeah, amazing place to kind of start CrossFit. But w- did you do you remember? Did you come across it like you know the the Kalipa video of like where are the machines? Where are the machines? Or was it just by 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 chance? Absolutely none of that. So my wife Tony who, you know, co-owns this gym with me and coaches and all that. Um, she was uh, working in the leisure centre, you know, uh, taking classes in the fitness industry. 
and she was looking to um, branch out a little bit and get some more classes in other places. So she just Googled like gyms mm -hmm. in Andover because we'd just settled in Andover mm -hmm. and they haven't left the military. And uh, AFS CrossFit, which is still in the town, mm -hmm. uh, came up and she just, I think she just rang them and said, oh, I'm looking to do a bit of coaching or whatever. Probably not really know anything about mm. CrossFit. She wasn't a CrossFit coach. Can I come in like, and the guy was pretty much, um, Gareth he's called, was pretty much on the phone sort of saying, well, I don't know how that worked, but just come and say hello, come and sort of speak yeah. to us. So um, Tony just sort of said, well, will you come with me? We'll just go and see this gym. And uh, I walked in with Tony, um, sort of hobbled in. And, um, and I just, being ex I walked in and there was a big rig mm. and sort of open floor and I think there's people like doing pull-ups and messing around at what looked like an adult climbing frame and all that. So I didn't have a clue what CrossFit was. I just thought, I'm into a bit of this. Like, I just was, because I'd always done pull-ups and stuff in the military and assault. I don't know, it just, something like, I've always loved fitness as well. Mm. I've always been a fitness instructor in the army and always been fit played sport and everything. I just walked in, I was like, oh, I'll have a bit of this. Didn't know anything about it whatsoever, never heard of CrossFit. Mm. Walked in, they went, yep, let's, we'll, we'll sign up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think, um, and then to think that you've, the end of this year, 2021, so like, you know, what, what's that, seven years later or something like that, kind of uh, made it to the, uh, the, the peak of the competitive side of, of the sport um, at, at Madison, so that, that's, that's awesome. Um, you opened CrossFit Blockhouse in 2015. Um, was, you know, I, I always like to recognize that there's the methodology of CrossFit, there's the sport of CrossFit, and that, uh, you know, there's an overlap, but they can be different. When you were opening the gym, was were you already very competitive within the CrossFit scene? Because I know many will know you from the domestic CrossFit scene as well, but um, are you a big fan of coaching and, and that side? I guess you must be to open an affiliate, right? So I, I love, um, I, I, uh, I, I very much can uh, compartmentalize the two. So mm -hmm. GPP programming, CrossFit affiliate programming, is not, in my opinion, anything to do with competitive like cross. Of course, there's some carryover. A lot of people mm -hmm. get introduced into the sport of CrossFit because they went to a CrossFit yeah. gym. I think I think more now. Watch it on Netflix or see it somewhere. I mean, we have got we've had the odd person walk in the gym and sort of give it. I've seen this on on Netflix. I want to mm -hmm. go to the game, sort of thing. You have a little snigger under your breath and then start having a serious conversation. <laughs> But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not very tight when I say that. We've had a few people sort of, you just need to bring their yeah. expectations down to somewhere near reality. But I think you get a bit of that now, but you never used to get hardly any of that. I think about, even about five, like I think the last three or four years, the social media presence has been, and the competitive side has been like, and it's in men's health now a lot more, mm. and it's a lot more mainstream. And I think, a lot more people would see competitive CrossFit and come to a gym because mm. of competitive CrossFit. Well, I didn't get into, as you know, as I've just mentioned, I didn't get into CrossFit through through that or know anything about it. And I love the GPP methodology of CrossFit. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a massive fan of that. Mm. And I tr genuinely believe in it. And that's what happens at this gym. Mm. And so I love coaching that. I love coaching GPP. I love seeing people you know, that, but you know, you can't get out of a bleeding chair when they come into being able to squat mm. and all the rest. I, I love that. Yeah. And like I say, I've only just handed over the programming, having programmed GPP, very specifically not competitive CrossFit for the last f nearly six years. Mm. And now, like I said, we're, we're working Rob Lawson, who's very much of the same mindset, yeah. you know, being very much, you know, one of the sort of 
gurus of the seminar staff and been around this game mm. for a long time. So, yeah, yeah. Um, a very I love coaching GPP CrossFit, and don't actually promote a very competitive environment within our gym. Mm. That's not like a massive conscious thing. I think we've evolved that way, mm. um, and and it works for us. Yeah. Um, every now and then, I, I do wonder. Oh, I would be, uh, I w you know, it would be nice if we had a couple more fire-breathing dragons. We'd go and have a bash at some competitions and mm -hmm. that. But on the other side, I'm just really content that we don't get a lot of the negatives that can come with that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes mm -hmm. a lot of gyms manage that very well, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we. Um, yeah, it, we're very much about GPP, and there's there's not really a massive emphasis on competition uh, at Blockhouse. Yeah, no, that's really interesting, and it, it's something probably every probably everyone that participates, competes in CrossFit goes through at some point where they have to yeah. decide, you know, like okay, what what's my what's my why, right? Because there are those different kind of pillars of the, um, you know, is it about becoming a coach? Is it about just GPP for, for personal health and fitness or is it competition um, yeah and I think the elite level of the sport and we'll get into this but you know it's it's not just doing um, you know the the one hour a day kind of five days a week and you'll make it to the games by or or even like you know as the sport's becoming larger you know that the pinnacle is so much smaller that you need to be kind of like just picking every little gap and stuff so yeah, yeah it's um it, again, it all competitive CrossFit, it, like any competitive sport, is about the, you know the level you want to play at, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So you can, I believe, you can. Um, what's love? What is nice is I believe you can come to you know d come to classes, and then um, you know you maybe come to the odd open gym mm -hmm. and pick out a few massive holes that you may have, you know, in order to go along and you can play can't you there's enough competitions in the uk or certainly mm. before lockdown and they're all starting to open again now of varying different levels and you've yeah. got the, or, you know you, i've always like been a massive fan of you know the stuff that like train have done in the rainhill trials for years where they've kind of like made it completely accessible mm. like through all different levels but still actually quite reputable in my opinion and well run and good and, mm. and, and challenging at all the right levels yeah and you can still and you can do that mm. um but like anything, the, the more serious you want to get about it, the more unhealthy it becomes. You know, uh, elite level sport it, it, in most instances is not healthy. Mm. In most instances, right? Oh yeah, because um, you're having to kind of sacrifice in a, certain areas for yeah, performance, right? Yeah, and yeah. and uh, I think it's uh, I think most most are aware of that. Um, mm. But then I think social media can sometimes kind of like. Hide a bit. Hide, hide aspects well, of that. I'm a little bit quick to say unhealthy. I don't think I'm unhealthy. Um, or a lot of people go to the games are. But you you have to put a hell of a lot of work in to, main, to maintain health. Mm. So it almost swings the way. So you train so hard and so much, you have to dial in your nutrition, you have to dial in hours outside of the training in order to just maintain it. Mm. So I'm not saying everybody at the CrossFit Games is broken and, you know, limping around the place mm -hmm. unhealthy, but the, but the amount of additional time and effort to maintain health mm -hmm. on top of all that training, because of all that training, yep. is a massive thing. Mm -hmm. It's the biggest part of it.
No, and I think, like, say, compartmental, it's, I think it's good then, and you, you describe compartmentalizing between GPP and kind of like the methodology for health and fitness and for, for training for the, for the sport of CrossFit. Yeah. Um, for you, like, you've mentioned on social media how kind of getting to the games was a, was a goal for you, yeah. uh, one that you've now achieved. When did you set that goal for yourself? And talking about how it's different, like, was there a certain point when you're like, right, I've got to commit? And were there certain things you started doing differently because mm. you set that goal for yourself? Yeah. So I, I don't know. So I, um, I started like I, I'd, I'd started competing and doing competitions like in the UK, uh, pr- probably. It's gonna be nearly six years ago. So I've probably been doing CrossFit for about two or three years, and I entered like um, the uh, British Championships or what was the, the big one that was in Manchester. Um, in like Battle of Britain or something like that was it or, uh, or the Athlete Games the maybe? Athlete Games yeah, yeah, yeah and all those tag yeah. yeah and they were just like wicked massive events and uh, um, I was like 37 and there wasn't a Masters group and it was RX Masters mm. were at 40 or I was 38 and um, <clears throat> and uh, so you know I was qualifying like 100 uh, 90 90th mm. out of 100 and stuff and just loving it just getting to be on that dance floor was like the, the ultimate like achievement mm-hmm. Um, especially being like, a little bit older and everything. So, um, you know, and then your goal is about just doing better than you qualified and just, just enjoying the occasion and, be, and being, being there. And I, uh, you know, and at the time you always just think, you don't even, I don't even, I didn't even think about going to the games. Mm. So then as I started competing a bit more and, you know, getting a little bit better and then I got to four, I think I was probably like 39 thinking, you know, I mean, I'll put my eye on the 40s and like see what happens. I'm qualifying for RX stuff at like 39. Mm. I wonder how good they really are at like 40. I, I knew some athletes in Europe and stuff and I'd started doing things like the French Throwdown and other bits like that. So I knew the competition was stiff and I knew all the best really, or majority of the best were in America. And, um, but I wanted to see, but I wanted, to, and then I did the 35 to 39 age group. And I think, I think I came somewhere, I don't know, I think I came somewhere like, I don't know, 60th in the world or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember. I'm not making that up. I just can't remember. Something like that. I was in the top 200 anyway. And then, um, and then I thought, well, next year, you know, I'm, I'm going into the 40s. Maybe it's worth a shout. But if I'm really honest, I, in hindsight, I didn't commit that hard. Mm-hmm. I sort of thought I was committing that quite hard mm-hmm. and I was thinking oh I'd love to go to the games I'm going to like train a bit harder but in 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 hindsight I didn't train hard enough mm-hmm. um, I thought I was but I wasn't and then you know I think I came like 24th or something yeah. and then I came tw- 24th again yeah, I think yeah. and then I th- and then I sort of threw it away in 2000 because I thought no one's going to the games anyway so I didn't bother mm. and then this year obviously I did qualify but the the main change was I think I think during lockdown and I was like, well, if I actually want to have a real crack at this, I've got to change something. You can't just carry on doing what you're doing, mm. you know, and then think everything's going to, you know, you, you're going to have a significant change. So the step change I made was just got a coach. So I'd never had a coach. Wow. Okay. I'd followed yeah. like comp train and stuff, yeah. but I'd never had a coach. And so last year um, I got a coach, started working with Mike Catrice. And so I got, I got a coach. So I probably had... Mike's coached me for about 10 months now. So he probably coached me for like seven months before, mm-hmm. you know, qualifying and all that. Uh, maybe not quite, maybe about six months. So I've had a good six, seven months with Mike now mm. when it, by the time age group qualifiers came around. And, um, you know, I, 
I basically came 21st and then by hook or by crook, I don't truly know actually why, why there's, I got there's that. There's always the veil when it comes to there CrossFit. There is a very strange <laughs> veil. But anyway, I got, I, I got uh, you know, the, the email saying, get ready to go to the games. <laughs> and then I was sort of left hanging, like quite stressful actually, because I, I literally didn't know what was going on until mm. about three and a half weeks before. Yeah. I, I was quietly confident I was going to get an invite and mm. then I did with about three weeks to go. Mm. So, you know, I've, I've scraped in. And um, I put that, you know, I obviously put that down to the change in, well, myself, working mm. really hard, the change in emphasis with um, with Mike and, and really working on uh, some of my, you know, real weaknesses, really strengthen those. And if I'm really honest, bar one outlay and what, you know, I, I came in the qualifiers, I came like 270th in one of the wads. I should not have qualified. But I did, I did really well in the other mm. four. So, I, like I said, I sort of scraped in. Yeah. But I feel like I've had a hell of a lot of improvement through refocusing my mind, taking it a little mm. bit more seriously and truly committing, not just thinking I was committing. And, you know, and that's largely due to my changing attitude and bringing yeah. Mike up and working with Mike. Mm. You know, oh, nice. that's the difference. Yeah. You mentioned, so I, I kind of... You know, doing, doing my homework and stuff. So, you know, 2018 was your first year in the 40 to 44 division. Yeah. And so you came, so 2018 you came 13th, 2019 you came 9th. This is in the Open. In the Open. And yeah. then in the age group online qualifier you came 24th and then 24th again. Yes. So just on the wrong side of the bubble, right? Because yeah. I think in those years they were still taking 20, 20, yeah, to, they were, 20 to, yeah. The, uh, to the games. So was there any, at that point, I mean, I guess that, that was probably disappointing to kind of just miss out. Did... Was there anything you were thinking at that point? Like, do you, do you think you were maybe lacking the, um, like, because there's obviously intensity and capacity in the online age group qualifiers because you have to do, what, seven workouts over the course of a weekend. Yeah. Was that something that you were, because you mentioned on things like the athlete games and stuff, but was that something you were feeling a little bit or or, or do you think yeah, it was just I think, luck I, of the think draw? Um, I think still to this day, I'm, I'm, I'm well suited to the open style mm-hmm. workout, like traditional CrossFit style workout if you like you know quote unquote uh i am i am better at that and i think i'll always do Mm. better in that phase of qualifying um and then i think it's the the real challenge for me is always going to be when the load gets that little bit heavier Mm -hmm. i mean i you know i'm not i'm not weak for my age and in the category but there are some mutants out there. That are just, they're <laughs> wicked. They're awesome, right? And um, they really are. And they deserve to be where they are. And they're, they're epic. But um, that's where, the, for me, you know, the, the, the you've got, I've got to really get my head down and, and graft at those sort of weaknesses and improve that online qualifier. Mm. You know, that online qualifier piece. I, I, I'm not sure it's a. I'm not sure it's an overall like capacity thing. Like I'm not sure it's the fact that it's all on one weekend that mm. affects me or anything. I think it's been a, just a, a combination of just just that real strength in depth, mm. you know, because the loads get heavier, the volume increases mm. a little bit, and I've just been caught out once or twice, mm. you know. Do you do you think um, so? In 2019, um, and I guess into 2020 as well. Um, whilst a lot of the sanctionals didn't happen, you had a number of you know successful qualifications. I think, um, but you did get to go to Waterpalooza, and you were also wicked, at wicked, yeah. strength in depth. Did those two kind of like set you up for a little bit more, okay, the big time? Because they both had master's divisions and stuff. Did you yeah. feel that was a good kind of like experience to have before then the ultimate trip to Madison? 
Yeah, so the one, the main, so I've always competed in Europe. I've done some great stuff in Masters, you know, in like the, the French throwdown and the big the, the big European competitions in Sid and all the rest. I've been in French throwdown a couple of times, a German throwdown, always done sort of well. Um, apart from t 2019, where I had complete burnout, it's a savage experience. But the other years, the 18, the 2000, it's been good for me. So I knew I was there or thereabouts in Europe. So I really wanted to go to a big American event just to like really, because they, they, they have the majority of the, of the people at the games. So on the biggest field and the biggest, you know, set of masks. So they are effective. That's the best place and mm. toughest place to test yourself. So I wanted to go. One, Waterpalooza is just a, I'd heard it's such a good event, such a good yeah, show. Yeah. It's in Miami, you know, sort of family holiday type gig. So I really pitched myself and had a good good crack at trying to qualify for that. I was, I was lucky enough to qualify, not easy to qualify, and um, and went there in, in yeah, 2000. And um, yeah, I was, to be honest, um, I, you know, I got my arse handed to me a bit, to be fair. <laughs> I, um, you know, I think I, I think I qualified like about 14th or something like that out of 20. And I think I ended up 16th. Mm. I've never done worse in a competition than I qualified before. Um, and, I, 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 you know, I, I don't know. There's no excuses. I just think, whoa, here's a, here's a gear change in, in the standard for, mm -hmm. a, for a start. Um, and, and, yeah, so that was a... In, I think that was a little bit of a so I could have come away from there and gone oh that was fun um, you know you know never mind but what I did was I come away from there thinking fuck me I'm going to get better at this mm. like and I think that was one of the things that spurred me on to then end up actually getting a coach and realising I got to, I got to find I got to pick mm. holes in these weaknesses yeah um, and, and I, that was probably if I'm honest my, my main catalyst for getting a coach yeah so I'm just not cutting it. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I guess it was great to kind of get that experience in early 2020 before the, the world shut down. Yeah. And we, we fast forward to, um, and there are a lot of, you know, a lot of athletes across the, you know, from those that have podiumed at the games who that was the last time they were on a live competition yeah. floor, right? And so, so, so lucky. So we, we did, I did the competition. I went out like about six days before, um, five days before summer. And then, um, the family joined me about the day before the competition. Then we did the competition. Then went off to the keys and had this wicked holiday in Florida Keys. <laughs> it's like, uh, and it was literally as we got locked down. So people, you know, people were mumbling about it. It was on the news and stuff. And I remember being at the um, at Miami airport, like coming back and seeing a few people cutting around in face masks, and thinking, "What are these idiots doing?" <laughs> literally, we're like laughing about it. Yeah. And then uh, that was it. We come home like a month later, the world's gone belly up like you know yeah. so but we were very lucky to yeah. get that in and also strength in depth we're lucky to get that in in london as well another yeah. absolutely like fantastic competition and really really high standard there we had tony Kurz come over from you know america who's a really high quality like games athlete a few really good Euro european athletes come over and so um it's just great really tough competition and just brilliantly run mm. great venue and all the rest so very lucky yeah so we fast forward then through kind of what 15, 16 months. You know, you're then on the plane to to Madison, which you know it was great that um, great that they did manage to get that travel exemption waiver. But it was all seemed at least from following along social media very last minute, right? And uh, I guess you were like letting work know and and then you know make sure the gym was covered and 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 hopping on on the plane to to head to that. That was it. It, it was um, of course it was sort of like 
con- half contingency planning. So setting up we work going, if this happens, mm. um, I'm doing this. And same with the gym, if this happens. So there's a bit of like contingency planning going on in the background. Yeah. But I'm telling you, until, <laughs> until I sat on that plane, it was stress. It was mm. stressful. And it was for all the British athletes. Like, because you just didn't know what was going to happen with your paperwork, even at the airport. I mean, you've got to go to the airport and get a PCR test. You could have busted your ass for a year and a half, mm. jumped through all these hoops, visas, passport, bloody, all that nonsense, and then you just get chinned off because you fail a PCR test. This is brutal. Yeah. But um, oh, it's well worth it. But until he's like literally sat on that plane mm. uh, and is about to take off, it was stressful. Oh, I can imagine. And I've heard similar from like Mike, right? Yeah. You know, handling the athlete program team. And, and yeah, that, it's, it's not what you need. And I think I was listening to their, one of their... The, the vlogs that they put together and it, it almost hampered the enjoyment of training for the games because totally. you're having to have your head in in the kind of the visas and the uncertainty as well. Yeah, it definitely hampered it. There's it? no excuses. Look, I was talking to Kelly, uh, Kelly Friel, you know, she obviously knocks it out of the park again this year. She's an incredible athlete and, and human oh, yeah. being. Awesome. But, you know, I was talking to her before and she's only down the road. She was like, I'm so stressed, my training's a bit buggered, you know, and, and I could totally the same you know when, when stress has plays a massive factor on you know your training your, and mm. your performance and um you're conscious of that and try not to let it stress you but uh, you know it is what it is mm. um some people cope with it better than others you know there's lot plenty of people that um you know look at even ali crawford and, and both kelly and, and kelly marshall you know three british ladies there that were under the same amount of stress but mm. went out and absolutely murdered it so you know it is what it is yeah yeah um yeah. <clears throat> and did did the stress subside? So talk, getting into the games experience a little mm. bit more now. Um, did the stress subside a little bit when you walked into that noble athlete experience? Like I, I call it the athlete experience, but that locker room looked phenomenal. Oh, it was absolutely unbelievable. It was, um, yeah, you know, at this point, all the stress is melted away and you're just buzzing with the occasion. I mean, um, yeah, it's all a bit surreal. Um, absolutely incredible. Like what a uh, what a gig that is. I mean. What a way to just make make you feel sort of really great about something, mm. make you feel really professional, make you realise that you know you're you're at the pinnacle of this sport and they're they're sh- you're sh- there to showboat and they're there to support you in that and it just it feels absolutely incredible to be you know to um, it, it makes you feel really special, mm. um, you know without sounding too weird about it, it does it absolutely does and when even when you speak to all the games athletes, you know, the elite guys and girls and everything that are all knocking about, you know, at the warm pair and every, everything. Like, all bar none are like, it's the best thing. It's it's just so incredible. Yeah. Like, and, and, you know, a lot of them did say Noble did it particularly well this mm. year. And my experience is the only experience I've had. And I thought it was absolutely amazing. But, you know, I'm sure Reebok did it brilliantly as well. And it's just, it really, it really kicks off and it brings it all home and... Just it sets the tone for mm. the for the rest of the uh, competition. I think. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! And I think the, that it's great that they they put that on for every every athlete, irrespective of the division. I was talking to to Elliot, who was in the adaptive division, and and that just it's just phenomenal to see that. The other thing that was good as well, I think, with the way they did the logistics and the scheduling this time, was to have less crossover. And so to get the age group and the adaptive divisions and the teens all in the Coliseum at certain times, and to also they stag- they also staggered it with athlete check-in for the individuals yep. and the teams. So it probably meant that towards the end there was a little bit, you know, the the Coliseum was getting a little bit busier and things yeah. like that. And it's so. absolutely that is, 
So again, like my first experience, I thought was excellent the way they did that. But talking to you know friends like Kelly, who's multiple games athletes, totally like a massive improvement. That's mm. a massive improvement. Um, one being you know because you can do the events you know on the main stages on the field and in the coliseum etc. Mm. Where sometimes before you'd be like out the back in like what is now like the warm up or corral area. Mm. Um, so one you feel a lot a lot better about it and and two you kind of you get to watch a lot of the weekend at the end so you got the friday saturday sunday to watch the crescendo of you know all mm. the elite elites and teams as well so you get the best of both worlds it's definitely i thought it was excellently done and mm. um athletes have been previously said it's the best it's the best way they've ever done it yeah. so yeah Looking at the the programming, um, was were any of the events like uh, I know you, you know we, we can talk about the snatch. You felt like you maybe personally underperformed there, but the experience of lifting in the Coliseum yeah, is, is is great. But were there any before touching on that in more detail? Were there any across the programming? Was there any kind of things that kind of came out of left field a little bit, like that kind of like you, when it got announced, you were like, oh, all right, that's gonna we're just gonna have to work out how that one goes on the day. Uh, um, you know what? N- not really. Um, I thought the program was was excellent, by the way, um, and everything I expected it to be of games programming. You know, um, n- you know there was there was stuff that surprised a lot of us. I think everybody knows that Dave Castro. I think he said it before in interviews and stuff. He he kind of he's gutted if everyone finishes a workout. Mm. He kind of is programming for a third of the field not to finish the workouts. Right, pretty much in every event. Um, you know, unless it's a run or something or a swing, mm-hmm. he expects to finish. But most of the workouts, and, and that certainly played out in in like our division and most of the mm-hmm. divisions. Um, and I think and it, there was some real, real tough stuff in there. But I don't think anything that came out like crazily left the yeah. field in 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 like our age group divisions in the sort of masters age group divisions. Yeah. The the only things I had looked at was like they'd got the I think they've got the. <clears throat> The deep, not deep, but well, kind of deep, or like med ball, GHDs, and things like yeah. that. So just adding that kind of slight extra load to it. Oh, which... brilliant! I mean, yeah, th- that workout was absolutely incredible. And trying to get, you know, forty-two, seventy-five kg deep ball squats done after all that work before <laughs> it, and then hands that work. I mean, excellent. That that's where you know a lot of people ended their workout. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's twenty people on the field. You know, the difference is everyone can handstand walk, but can you, you know, having done a ton of GHDs, a ton of, well, what was the next thing? Um, dumbbell squats, you know, a ton of handstand walking mm. and then chucking a, like a 75k D-ball somewhere on your shoulders or back <laughs> and banging out another 42 and then doing a massive unbroken handstand walk. I mean, it, that, that, that's the... That's the bit that he's designed to just leave you annoyed. So I'm thinking, <laughs> I can definitely do this last walk. I just got to get that. So I finished the D-roll squats, and um, I just had about twenty, about fifteen mm. seconds left, and I wouldn't have gone on. I did, didn't have time to do that last walk. It was a, sh- it was a shame, but that, that's the trick, right? That was mm. that's the that was the trick. It was a good workout. Yeah. Brilliant workout. I'm, I'm going to guess you also thought the the bar muscle up ski and dubs was a double unders was a good workout with, a, with a, a fourth workout. place finish. Yeah, that was that was a good workout. <laughs> to be fair, it, um, I, I was very very happy with that performance because of the way I executed. Like there was a there's a work the workout too with the CrossFit Games has haunted me to this day. Right, <laughs> <laughs> I've got no regrets, but I made a massive error there. You know, I, I it was there was a. Uh, 
heavy dead, like five heavy deadlifts, like one hundred fifty-five hundred sixty k. It's pounds. So I'm not sure exactly what it is. But it's around that. So you know, five uh, one legless rope climb to twenty foot, which is higher than we normally go on a thick rope. Um, I don't have. I struggle with grip anyway on my right hand. So that's a bit of a struggle. And then heavy dead. But I absolutely five rounds of that right, and I'm like licking my lips, thinking I'm all over this. Right? <laughs> I'm thinking we well, can, and it's a six minute time cap, so you got to do about a round a minute, right? But I'm thinking, oh, I'm 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 all, I'm all over this. A lot of big guys, you know, um, and I'm thinking everyone's going to be lightning through round one, two, and three, and a lot of people are going to start failing round four and five. Hold your nerve, stay in your lane, don't get involved in a race shake off take your time and just get it done all day all day i packed myself in that workout <laughs> i come off round three of deadlifts and i got two guys next to me and they run to the rope for the fourth rope climb they sort of shoot up and instead of standing there shaking i'm only about two minutes into the workout i'm well ahead of schedule knowing people are going to start failing i got caught up rookie jumped on the rope missed it by about a few inches you can't come back from it yeah. And I was stood there in, on the field thinking, oh, I want a field to swallow me up right now. <laughs> then another one missed it by about two foot and you're totally done then. It's game yeah. over. And that, that workout has got nothing to do with my ability to rope climb because mm. I can rope climb all day and legless. But I just shot my ball, went too early. Game <laughs> over. So, you know, and, and you, you can just imagine people that don't do do this and, you know, sort of commentating at home. God, can't he climb a rope? Is it the game? I'm just, all that shit's going through my head and I'm like, oh, this is just annoying. <laughs> you know? So, so yeah, I, so from then on, I was like, right, if I've learned anything today, right, it is stay in your lane and do not get into a race with these guys, you know, because your strengths will come through in the end. It's mm. all about pacing, knowing yourself. Stuff I talk about a lot with Mike. <laughs> yeah. Stuff that with the exact tactic we talked through pre-WOD, I'm the one thinking the guys are going to cream in, be disciplined, and I, I did everything I wasn't supposed to do. Yeah. And I learned a lesson. And it was a great learning lesson. And I guess that, that must be the thing, like, uh, because in, in, in class, right, and that's where I, yeah. my experience comes from, from doing CrossFit, it's like you have a large spectrum of, um, of fitness and capabilities. So, you know, there can be those that finish it in five, there can be those that finish it in 15, there can be those that are capped or whatever. Um, you know, and there's a part of it is kind of getting getting the scaling right there to make sure you're getting the, the, the prescribed intensity or prescribed stimulus. But I guess once you get to the pinnacle then, the issue is a lot more about strategy, right? Because everyone can rope climb, everyone Everyone's can handle Yeah. So, so then it's all about kind of, like I say, staying in your own lane, knowing, yes. knowing what's going to work for you it's and executing. Re- it really is about that, right? Because... It's incredible. I sort of laugh about it. Like, you can look at some wads and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, this is a bit of me. This like, I'm all over this." Mm. And uh, so is everybody else. (laughs) Like, they're really good, right? (laughs) And so, um, but that's the fun of it. That's that's the beauty of like trying to compete against the very, very best, right? And so, it's just it's it's awesome. Like, if you don't stay in, don't stick to your own strategy, and you get somehow bumbled along or into you know, getting out of your own lane. Then. Mm-hmm. There is times to race. Of course there is, you know, there's, there's times to race, yeah. you know, on the 7K run and the swim, you know, like just pushing that a bit at the end and literally, you know, you're literally racing and, you know, other wads like uh, the Bikerg and the Burpees. There is times to race without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. But there's a hell of a lot of technicality thrown in there that is all about getting it right, Yeah. you know. 
Oh, no, Strategically. Um, I want to finish with the community because um, I do think it's really important. You've mentioned, Rob Walker's mentioned in the past about how the Masters community is really tight. You know, really, you know, you mentioned, you know, you know, Kelly Friel really well and things like that. And there was a great age group contingent out in Madison. But one of the things you put on social media recently, and it was a photo of the, the, your fellow competitors in the 40-44 was, you know, you mentioned around like, you know, there were no show ponies, no egos, just hard workers. Is that, that must be really special then to kind of like get that. And were there some that you already knew from the European circuit, maybe Wadapalooza as well, but did you, was it great to kind of like meet that that kind of international, the Madison crew for, for your division? Yeah, it was. It was awesome. So I, I probably knew, I knew the two French guys, Max Guillon and Andre Jouleve, um, competed with and against them a few times before. Um, I knew um, a couple of Americans as well, competed against those at Waterpalooza, two, I believe, of those. Um, you know, great guys. Um, the rest I didn't know. I knew some masters in other divisions as well, but I, did, I didn't know any of the other ones, guys. But um, it is awesome. I think every. I think there's just like uh, it's it's the same in all CrossFit. Whatever competition you go to, mm. you know, nine times out of ten, the guys you're competing against or girls you're competing against, they, they, there's a mutual respect there in there, and it's the same. It's like everybody knows, no matter what level you're doing at or what competition you're at, everyone's worked hard to get there. Mm. Everyone goes in the gym and works bloody hard and understands suffering. So automatically you've got like an, an you've got a mutual sort of respect for each other. Yeah. You know, of course every now and then you meet a complete tosser that you don't get on with. But that's life. <laughs> yeah. Nine yeah. times out of ten, pretty good yeah. at some decent people. That uh, and and especially I was quite surprised that I think one, one or two people in the past have sort of come across that are like head and shoulders above the rest, maybe in a European competition or something, and they a little bit of arrogance there or something. But I just I didn't feel that there. I, mm. I felt like. The athletes, whether you come first in the event or, or last, sort of like it felt like as soon as you come off that field and you're all sort of diving in the ice bath or walking back over to the main warm area, just like absolutely no like weird attitudes or anything, just mm. solid, solid guys like patting you on the back, sort of well done, mm. and just oh, talk, no, talking about the workout and good. just you know wishing each other luck for luck for the next event and having a good bit of banter. It was yeah. um it was it was really good and, and everyone was like yeah. super humble and just all on the same sort of level, really. it was yeah. wicked. Something Ben Bergeron mentioned on his kind of debrief from the games on his podcast was around it, because they were talking about comp train for like masters athletes, but he said, he's like, this is where it's at because these guys are all, guys and girls are all holding down full-time jobs at the same time. So they all know, like I say, they've all, and it's not to say the individuals and the teams, you know, who maybe are doing it a little bit more full-time, mm. um, but... They know what it takes, right? And uh, you know, but also then there's probably extra recovery and everything just mm. to sustain that level. So there's, like I think you were saying, that kind of, you know, you've all worked hard to get there, like mm. everyone has, but also a little bit more the reality of life alongside it. Yeah, I, there's definitely that. So it t- take absolutely nothing away from any any, uh, just take nothing away from anybody that gets to the games and qualifies. And and you know, the fact is. Like, um, you know, all the elite level athletes are training six, seven hours a day, whatever, and all of the covering incredible professional sportsmen and all that. Mm. But it just to get to the games, it, even in the Masters divisions at any level, you have to be putting in two to three hours a day. That might not be solid training, but if you're not training two hours a day, you know, you're certainly doing some recovery, thinking about what you eat, 
making choices not to get on the piss. You're you're like a semi pro level athlete and ninth and always holding they're always holding down a job. Whether they're a box owner who's mm. taking four or five classes a day, trying to you know the stress of running a box, or whether like me, you know, you work in a totally different field and you're doing it part. You, you know, you're juggling things mm. and and still like being able to compete at that level is. And I think, and also people have got histories. Most, a lot of them are ex-sportsmen or ex-military, or you know, they got a bit of a few battle scars, a bit battered, a bit worn. I just think it adds to the whole like flavour of the conversation. I just, it's just good. <laughs> nah, it's just nah. good, you know. They're just hard-working sort of guys that have, like I say, have probably been at it for absolutely yeah. years, yeah. and um, and they're just, you know, they're surviving. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it's great then that. You know, CrossFit as a as a sport, the CrossFit Games is making sure to kind of incorporate the age groups for all the reasons you've just described into that kind of Madison experience because mm. it, you know, that's how we see it. We see it as it being hugely inclusive and diverse, and and oh, that's awesome. I think so. I think as well, it um, it is. It, it, they're not stupid CrossFit as well. I think they one one. You know, it showcases the the diversity and and the sort of broadness of. Uh, of, of of what it's trying to achieve but i think also you know there's a big part of the market there mm. you know there's a massive part yeah, of the market definitely. there that that um should they ignore it probably you know it, to their own sort of detriment yeah no hugely yeah. now spencer it's been an absolute pleasure thank you very much for kind of taking a a, a monday night and and kind of kind of giving me uh, loads of insight both into madison but also you kind of like get into crossfit so thanks a lot Oh, I've loved it. And um, yeah, thank, thanks for taking the time to come down. I've uh, really appreciated it.